Hi, once again, welcome on another uh, week of teaching. This week, we're going to talk about victory of faith seeds. And me and my wife, we want to uh, say this confession over the broadcast. Bless, Bless the Lord, Lord O my soul, soul and, and all, all that, that is within me. me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Amen. So we declare over you all and over ourselves that the Lord, he healeth all. How many diseases, Vicky? All. So what disease it is that the Lord cannot heal? Is your situation too tough? Is your situation too hard? No, your situation is not too hard. Your situation is not too tough. For the Lord healeth all thy diseases. Now, this is a little concept I learned, me and my wife learned years ago. Is power and confession. It says one will put a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand. And what we do, we confess the word to activate that word in our life. The more you confess the word, the more powerful it becomes in your life. You know, I was watching the um my boy, uh, guy at work, he liked the uh, the, uh, the the fighting thing where you do the little, what they call it? Uh, in some type of cage fighting. Yeah, they be in a cage. Uh, MAA one of them like that. Uh, but anyway, I, I noticed on there they they'll take the leg and just kick on you, just keep kicking. And I'm like, man, that ain't nothing to that. But after a while, you'll see the other guy. He can't hardly stand up. See, it's not the first kick that got him. It's when he didn't been kicked out about 10, 12 times, then he can't hardly move. So this is what it is. As you confess God's word, it beat the living daylights out of the devil. See, it's kind of like when you pour in a glass. Me and my wife did this the other week. I, I said, uh, I said, be healed in the name of Jesus. And I, and I uh, poured just a little teeny weeny in the glass. And I think I told her, say, be healed, and I poured a little more in the glass. Every time she said, be healed, I kept pouring into the glass until the glass was full, see, in boxing. You'll watch a guy just keep beating on a guy, just beat on his stomach, just beat on his stomach. After a while, his body wore down and he knock him out or something. So what it is is not a devil try to do you like that. He'll try to beat on your mind and beat on your mind and beat on your mind until he knock you out. But see, if you will confess God's word like we just did and keep confessing the word, you know, I think I want to confess it again. See, if you keep confessing the word and confessing the word, guess what? You're going to beat the living daylights out of the devil. See, what you're doing when you're confessing the word, you are reminding yourself first, and you are reminding the devil and every demonic power what God has said concerning your situation. In Psalms 103 and 20, it says the angels, read that if you uh, if you could pull that up, uh, Vicky. Psalms 103 and 20. 103 and 20? Yeah. Bless the Lord, 
ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of the word. Now, angels hearken unto the voice of God's word. So as you as, as we give voice to God's word, angels is making what we have said to come to pass. Now we're gonna say this confession one more time. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Hallelujah. So the Lord, we're telling you once again, and you can feel it, that the Lord is healing your disease. I speak to diabetes. I speak to high blood pressure. And I commanded to leave your body. Now you say the Lord has healed me of that. Now whatever your disease is, you say the Lord has healed me and call it out. Say it again. Say the Lord has healed me of that. Call it out because he healed all my diseases. Now we're going to go to Mark 4. And we're going to start at the uh, 26th verse. All right, Mark 4 and that 26, you read that for me, if you have it. It said, and he said, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Stop right there. Now, the, this is the way the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God is as if a man should cast seed into the ground. All of us came here, how? From a seed. The seed fertilized the egg, and you grew in the womb. The womb had to be nourished and and all that by the nutrients and stuff like that, feeding off an umbilical cord, but you came as a seed. Everything you eat came as a seed. That cow, that steak you eating from that cow, that cow came also from a seed, and he grew into a grown man. Those greens, if, you, if you're if a vegetarian, you just like kale or whatever. That kale was grew from a seed. Everything, you live off of seeds. The kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. The only time a seed wasn't used is in the beginning. God created Adam and Eve, and placed them in the earth as grown adults. Oh, my God. So God, in your spiritual DNA, he sees you as an adult. See, your spirit was was already in God's mind. God is the father of spirits. And he already saw you in your finished state. But in order for you to get into your finished state, you have to sow the word. You have to say over yourself, what God has said over yourself. If God has said you're healed, you're healed. If God, if God has said you're blessed, you're blessed. If God has said you're forgiven of sins, you are forgiven of sins. And as you realize that you are who God said you are, that you can do what God says you can do, then God said you can do all things through Christ Jesus who sends you. Mm-hmm. See, so when God said you can do it, you can do it. You have to say over yourself. See, how many of you all fight doubt and unbelief? You know why? You hadn't encouraged yourself. 
One time David had to encourage himself when they had kidnapped his wives and children. He encouraged himself, and he recovered all. God gave him the strength. Now, if David would have got dejected and said, oh, I can't do it, the strength of God wouldn't have came on him. See, Psalms 27 said, the Lord is the strength of your life. In Philippians, it says the Lord is, he's the Lord our God that strengthens you, or something about him being the strength of your life. So it's in the Old Testament and the New Testament. He talks about him being a provider in the Old Testament. The Lord is my shepherd, you shall not want. And also in the New Testament, he says he supplied all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So see, in Philippians, say, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. In Psalm 27, he says the strength of my life. Uh, in, in Philippians, he says God supplied all my needs in the Old Testament. He says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack or shall not want. So God don't change. So David knew how to sow seed. David always was saying, the Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. And we got to copy David. David said, I meditate. Meditate means to say over and over and over and over and over again. David said he meditated on the word. But he said, the kingdom, if it's a man, should cast seed into the ground. Read 27 for me. 27, and should and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. Now, when you begin to confess God's word, what you confessing is going to manifest. <laughs> you don't have to know how. The how is, <clears throat> pardon me, is that you have been planting seeds. If you begin to plant seeds over and over and over again, you're going to bring into manifestation every word that you're saying. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hello once again, brothers and sisters. On this Tuesday morning, we're going to sow these victory faith seeds. Seeds is going to give you the victory. But I have a confession. Me and my wife want to say this confession over this broadcast out of Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and return it not thither, but water it the earth, and make it it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Now, when we confess this word together, it's like two in agreement. So I know when I minister this word today that this word is going to stick to your ribs. It's going to be like you ate some grits, which I don't eat. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be like it's gonna be some good good steak. If you don't eat steak, if you're a vegetarian, it's gonna be like you eating a impossible burger from from uh, Burger King. I know y'all love those impossible burgers, but we're gonna sow seeds of faith that's gonna get you to victory. Let's go to Joshua, or let's say Joshua. If if, if you over if you over sixty, you want me to say it Joshua. And if you're under 60, it's Joshua. So let's go to Joshua or Joshua, the 14th chapter, and we're going to start at the 6th verse. And it reads as follows. 
the, then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephnu, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren, that went with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God, and Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he have said, these forty and five years. Do you know Caleb is 85 years old? Caleb is 85 years old. Now, when they first went to spy the land, Caleb said he was 40. Now he's saying the Lord had kept him alive another 45 years. All the other boogers died. Him and Joshua are the only ones still living. He is 85. I want you to remember that. Etch this in your heart forever, that he has kept him alive 45 years. Let me tell you what that script is, Joshua 14 and 10. You need to say it, Joshua 14 and 10, because you need to remember this forever. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. Now, 85, I want you to listen closely. Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day four score and five years old. Caleb is 85 years old, but that ain't all. Listen to the scripture after that. Verse 11, and yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war both to go out and to come in. This joke, 85 years old, he said he's ready for war. Now, how many 85 years old people you know ready for? Well, most of them on the walker. I got dementia. Not Caleb. You know why? Because he had a good confession. It reminded me of Dick Braswell. I, you know, friend, he about 85, 86, maybe 87. I don't know. He up there. But uh, I'm friends with him on Facebook. He'll, uh, he'll fly in the clouds and take a picture. And he'll say this is his favorite pr place to pray. He is still piloting planes at 80-some years, late 80s. Not early, late 80s. He said one time they told him, they say, oh, what you going to do, Brother Dick? You going to ride off in the sunset and relax? He said the next day, he said since they said that, he said he jumped on his motorcycle, him and his dog, and went riding through Florida and put a tent on the side of the road. See, that's that Caleb anointing. That's that Joshua anointing. I refuse to let you kill me. I refuse to walk in unbelief. I refuse to let the giants make me feel like a grasshopper. Hey, grasshopper, like they say on those karate movies. Hey, young grasshopper. See, they had grasshopper faith. But see, uh, I'm going to get my wife, if she can, pull up Numbers 13 in that verse 1. 
And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thy men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers, shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Now, God said what? He give the land unto them. He give the land unto them. But you know what they did? And I'm, I'm not reading the whole thing because I don't have time. After God said they, he give the land unto them, they start relying on sense knowledge. In that same 13th chapter, they went and started talking about, first they, first they had a good confession. They told how good the land was and all this. And they told, uh, 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 they brought back, they even brought back some of the fruit, and the fruit was, was shown enough, shown enough good, and, and so forth and so on. And they went and checked it out. And everything looked good, right? But they started talking about, in verse 28, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. Now, God ain't telling them to say how strong the people were. See? And the cities are walled and very great. And more, we saw the children of Enoch die. He didn't tell them to worry about the children of Enoch. He said he give them the land. And see, David had read that before. God showed me this. And David, when that giant came, the mother boogers had the same DNA as they great-great-great-great-granddaddy. Uh, uh, and David had the same DNA as Caleb and Joshua. While the mother boogers were talking about how big Goliath was, David was talking about we'd be well able. See, David had the Caleb and Joshua spirit, and the mother boogers had the spirits of their ancestors. Which spirit are you going to yield to? You're going to yield to the to the spirit that scatter every little disease that comes, scatter every little virus that comes. You're going to yield to that spirit and walk around like a coward? Or are you going to have the Caleb and the Joshua spirit? Are you going to talk like Caleb? And say I'm 85 years old and I got the same strength, or is you gonna talk like those other books? Well, after they describe how big they was in the in the last verse in that chapter, and they said, and there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. And they own they saw themselves as grasshoppers, and they assumed that their enemies saw them as grasshoppers. But that wasn't true. Now watch what they say in Numbers 14 and 1. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel mumbled against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Will God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or will God, we had died in this wilderness. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword? Now let me cut you off. So since we're almost out of town, uh, time, they had a terrible confession. They would not say that we had the land because in, in the night verse, Caleb and Joshua, they like rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people, for they are bread for us. For the defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us, fear them not. You got to say what God say. If he say you're here, you're here. If he say you're forgiven, you're forgiven. If he say you're well labor, you're well labor. Be blessed. 
Welcome once again on this Wednesday morning. We're talking about Victory Faith Seas this week. And uh, before I get started, me and my wife are going to herald this confession into the atmosphere out of Isaiah 54 and at verse 17. No, no weapon that, that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, said the Lord. Now, if you want to personalize it, this is how me and my wife would say it, and this is how you could say it with, by yourself or with a companion. You would say, no weapon that is formed against me, instead of thee, you'll say me, shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against me in judgment or against us, if it's two of y'all, we do condemn. This is our heritage. This is the heritage of sons and daughters of God. For the for our righteousness is of the Lord. That's how you would say you would personalize that scripture. See the see the Bible is God talking to you. I want you to say this. Say the Bible is God talking to me. If you only if you ever want to talk to God, start reading his word and he is there. When you read the word of God, he is there. In Revelation it says that Jesus is the word of God. And also says it in John the first chapter, in the beginning was the word, and the word is God, and the word was God, and that word was made Jesus, or it was made flesh and dwelt among men. So whenever you quote the word or decree the word or read the word, you're releasing God. Or when you're reading the word, it is God talking to you. Now in Galatians, the sixth chapter, and in that verse one, it talks about let's let's uh let's go there. Gal somebody go to Galatians uh six chapter. I'm gonna get my wife to go there. Galatians six and that verse one. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall he that soweth flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, if you notice at the first chapter, uh, the first verse in Galatians 6, it said, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault. What he mean by that, if, if, if a man be overtaken in a sin, See, because true Christians can't sin because the blood, of, the blood, the sacrificial lamb or the blood of Jesus is constantly on that person. 
See, in the old covenant, they had to have a daily sacrifice. They had to have a morning sacrifice and an evening sacrifice, and they had a bunch of different sacrifices for sins every day. But under, under the New Testament, Jesus died once and has forever put away sin with the offering of his body once and for all. It talks about that in Hebrews, the 10th chapter. So if a person's sins have been put away by them believing on Jesus, if they overtaking in a sin or overtaking in a what? A fault. It's not called, because the sin put away is called a fault. Now, it says that you with your spirit to restore that verse. Talk to them. In what kind of spirit you go to them uh, hollering at them and rebuking? No, in a spirit of meekness. Why? Considering your own self. Cons remember that now. Don't let that. Consider yourself. Least thou also be tempted. Other words, if you go judging them and condemning them and don't restore them in the right manner, it teaches that you're going to be tempted in that same manner. See? And it said, bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, which is love. What's the law of Christ? Love. Love the Lord thy God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Then Paul go on to say, See, he's really talking to the ones that are arrogant. If you think you're something when you're nothing, you're deceiving yourself. And then he keep on going. So so prove your own work. And you have rejoicing in yourself alone and not another. Let every man bear his own burden. And he's going on. Then he get to verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, when me and my wife got on here, what we was doing, we were sowing what? The word of God. That's why we're talking about victory, faith seeds. This whole week, what we're focusing on is trying to sow the good words and omit the bad words. See, your body has a voice. If you put your hand on a hot stove, your body going to say, it's hot. If it's zero degrees outside, your body going to say it's cold. It's not your mind saying that. It's your body. See, your body has a voice. Your mind also has a voice. When you watch MSNBC and CNN, they're going to tell you that you're going to get sick, and then you keep listening to them. You get well-developed in sickness and unbelief. Then you go try to tell me all this stuff. And tell your coworkers and your family all this stuff on how they're going to be sick if they don't do this and do that, whatever you want them to do because you've been listening to TV. But the word of God says, no evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come down your dwelling. If they say that on the news, then you would be highly developed in healing. You'll be highly developed in, in walking in divine health. You'll be highly developed in faith in God's word. But they don't say the God's word on TV. They they say the devil's word. And the devil is evangelizing the whole country. He's using, uh, what's that guy, Little Nas X, to teach your teenagers that it's okay to practice homosexuality. And they're trying to see your, your children to call evil good and good evil, to set light for darkness and darkness for light. And the penalty for that is woe unto you. That's why Paul said, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he reap. Now, if you all, if you constantly out of your mouth are constantly listening to the wrong thing, you're going to reap the wrong thing. See, listen, he explained it more in verse 8. For he that soweth to the flesh 
shall of the flesh reap what corruption. See, if I keep sowing, suppose I smoke cigarettes and I keep sowing cigarettes to my lawn. That smoke might do something to my lawn. If I keep sowing um, a gin to my, my, my liver, that gin has the possibility to, to do something to my liver. The good thing about that, God will come and, and clear all that up now. So I don't feel condemned. But Paul was saying, if you sow to your flesh, you shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. That's why you want to have a strong confession on things that are positive. In the book of Philemon, it says your faith becomes effective by acknowledging every good thing that is in you. Do you know there's good things in you? Do you know greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? Do you know the spirit that raised Christ from the dead? I think that's in Romans 8 and 11, that the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And just like it quickened the body of Christ, it's going to quicken your mortal body, making your body immortal. It's that quickening spirit that heals your body. Now, if Jesus is the word, when you speak his word over your body, what's going to happen in your body? Your body is going to be quickened with that word of God. It's going to become healed. You see what I'm saying? Because the word is quick, powerful, and sharper than a two-edged sword. That's why me and my wife is decreeing the word over the broadcast, because the words that I'm speaking unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And when you begin to sow the word of God and not sow Satan's words out of your mouth, see, it's easy to repeat the words of Satan if you hear it a lot. But it's also easy to repeat the words of God if you hear them a lot. That's why you got to have a good, strong confession of his word daily. I got a lot to say, but guess what? I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Welcome on this Thursday morning. We're releasing the victory faith seeds this week. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon every hero of this word. And me and my wife, we're going to hold fast to our confession of faith. And we got another confession out of the word of God, out of 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might be rich. Wait a minute. I, I like that. Let me see. Can we get some more? Let's say that again. One more time. For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we, through his poverty, might be rich. Now, I say money come to our household in the name of Jesus Christ. Be poured out abundantly in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, see, that's how you take a word from the word, which is the word of God. Jesus is this word, and you confess it. See, what me and my wife really doing is we doing, we practicing Matthew 18 and 18. You better get me that, uh, Vicky. I wasn't even planning on going there, but I want to illustrate what, what me and her, what we're doing is we're using the word and we're going to war. We really at war. See, some folks warn by shooting guns and dropping bombs like Hiroshima and all that. We warn with the word. We're fighting a good fight, the good fight of faith. What Matthew 18 and 18 says? It says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye, ye shall bind on earth 
shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Read that next one. And I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that shall act it, shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. So now, me and her just quoted the, the word. It says that Jesus became poor, that, that we, through his poverty, might become rich. Well, we expect to receive money. I don't apologize for it neither. Amen. When, when, we, when we, we are rich now. Amen. You know, Abraham was a father of many nations before it came into the physical manifestation. So you got to be purposeful about releasing God's words over your life. See, that's just one example. It's many of things about that. See, me and my wife, we'd have had plenty about us. We know how it feels not to have money. We know how it feels to be sick. These things that I'm teaching, I'm teaching out of um, life experiences. Uh, <laughs> we, we can't say everything over the air, but we have the same struggle some of you have. Yes, some of y'all might say, uh-huh. You and your wife on there together. I wish my wife and my husband had, we didn't have disagreements. Yeah. <laughs> you might say, oh, my children, Derek, you got it made. We didn't have trouble with our children. So yeah. look, brothers and sisters, this is your victory. This is your currency. Your currency is your faith. I remember years ago, back in 2010, you know, and, and and since then, I done got highly developed in faith, and I was working on it then, but I had a trial. I had my uh, intestines eruption on me. It had been hurt. I went to the doctor about it, and the doctor said, well, you're too young. It's probably just a, um, you know, a, a, a diarrhea or something. Well, it wasn't. I had a ruptured in my intestines, and it ruptured on me, and um. I was crawling on the floor. My wife knew I got a high pain tolerance, and I just dealt with it and dealt with it by faith. And when it was crawling on the floor, she said, now nah, I'm taking you to the doctor. Went to the doctor. He sent me right to the hospital that Monday, and I had surgery that very day. Well, I can remember her saying, oh, no, you ain't going to die on me and leave me with all these children. And so they, they fixed me up. And uh, after I got fixed up, you know, I had to regain my strength. And uh, one thing helped me, the doctor said, I asked the doctor, I said, you think I'm going to have this trouble again? He said, no, nah, I don't think you're going to have it again. I was kind of glad he said that because I wasn't as developed in my faith than I am now. And so I say this, so see, some of you are at a lower level of faith, and, and your faith grows as you learn about the word. Me and my wife was talking about this. We know what the word says, but the key is for the minister is to teach the people how to apply the word. Teach the people, like, when your body, me and my wife were talking about this, and, and she was telling me, I don't know if she want to say it, but she was telling me how she hadn't learned yet when, when the pain is in the body, it, it it keep on saying what the word says and don't agree with the body. See, right. the pain in the body can make you say something contrary to the word. Right. For instance, if your body hurts, you could say, you could make a mistake and say, Man, I need to get healed. I mean, I wish I can get healing from your body. See, the body say you're already healed. So what you have to learn to do, even when the body is disagreeing with the spirit, or your mind is disagreeing with the spirit. See, the word of God is the spirit. When your body, your mind is, is has a different voice than the spirit, you have to agree with the spirit. 
now see, I didn't know all of this back then. So, but I was learning. And so after I had that surgery, when that stomach pain came back, what I did was I said, now, Lord, I got this pain here, but I'm standing on your word. You said I'm healed. I am healed. And that pain probably lasted two or three days. And then it left. And it might have came back six months later. I did the same thing and left. Might have came back three years later. I did the same thing, then it left. Might have came back another five years later. I did the same thing, then it left, and I ain't had no pain since. So every now and again, the devil would try to tempt you in the area that you got deliverance. Also, uh, I wanted to add to that that, um, you know, in my my situation um, with the thyroid, um, years ago they told me that I, I had thyroid a problem and that, that I was going to always have to take pills. I was always going to forever be on medication. And I just did not agree with that. Um, I came home and I thought about it. And then I started talking to God about it. And I said, Lord, your word said I'm healed. Your word said that by your stripes, I'm healed. I said, so Lord, I'm just going to believe your word. And I told my body, I said, you're going to have to line up with what God's word is saying. I said, because his word said that I'm healed. So therefore we are healed. And just like he was saying, you know, when you have a headache, uh, backache, stomachache, foot pain, leg pain, whatever it is, your body is your body is the first thing that you hear, your body because you feel it, and you you feel the pain, and uh, when you feel the pain, we're we're so quick to say, "Ouch, that hurts," instead of us thinking to say, "No, I don't care what this whatever this is, Lord God, I'm healed in Jesus' name." That's not always the first thing that we say. But, you know, like I was telling him today, but God, I thank God for giving me the wisdom to go back into his word and to make his word, make my body obey his word. And that's what we have to learn. It's a learned thing to make God's, make our body obey God's word. Amen. And on Mark 5 and at verse 22, it says, And behold, there cometh one by the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lied at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Listen to his confession. His confession was, is when Jesus lay his hands on his daughter, she's going to live. You need to have that confession if you're going to the altar to get paid, uh, prayed for. You need to say, when I go up in and get prayed for, I'm going to be healed. Let me continue because I'm almost out of time. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thrown him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. She got what she said. Look. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing that in himself, that virtue that gone out of him, turned him about in the presence and said, touch my clothes. Now, at verse 34, it said, and he said unto her daughter, thy faith have made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And when you keep reading down, that little girl died, right? And it says at 36 verse, and as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. And they laughed him and all that kind of stuff. But Jesus went and laid his hands on the little girl, and she still lived. 
I'm sorry I had to condense it, but be blessed. Have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello once again, brothers and sisters, on this Friday. I got my wife, Victoria, with me. We're going to release these Victory Faith seeds. And when we get through ministering these seeds, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be full of faith. You're going to be full of health, healing, and full of prosperity. Our confession today coming out of Philippians 4 and at verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your our request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Our hearts and minds. Now, you hear me and my wife on one of them, uh, I forgot to put us. Uh, see, you got the personal. I'm glad we did that. So y'all will know you got the personalized description. Let's do it again. You got to make it personal to you. Philippians 4 and at verse 6. Be, Be careful, careful for, for nothing, nothing but in everything, everything by prayer and supplication, supplication with thanksgiving, let our request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And see, you make the confessions personal. So you can't just be lazy. You can't read through it and say, well, I read the Bible. No, you got to meditate the word. And when you meditate the word, the spirit of revelation is going to come on you, and God is going to bless you in that area. You will never rise above your profession. Did you know that profession and confession, people say it's the same thing, but it has a different meaning? I'll let you look it up. But profession means you saying it even if it, even if it appears not to be true. See, it's like we were saying yesterday. Your body can appear not to be healed. You know, I, I'd have seen it. I remember my dad. One time, he, he uh, when he had cancer, he had he had a surgery, and there was a blockage. And the and I prayed for him over the phone for before I got to Atlanta. And when I got to Atlanta, uh, the surgeon had to go up in there and do a second surgery because they saw a blockage where he couldn't breathe from the first surgery. She said she opened him up to clear that blockage, and it was gone. Well, it was gone because I had prayed over him over the phone. And see, what I'm saying is when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. Uh, we're going to go to Hebrews, the fourth chapter. And we're going to start at verse one. Let us therefore fear, lest they promise, being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said. I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place 
of the seventh day on this on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his work, and then this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, and it said, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart. For if Jesus had given them rest, then who would, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest of the people of God. For he that is entered into the, his rest, he also have ceased from his own work as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into, into that rest, lest any man fall under the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of, of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, that last verse, you notice we've been quoting the word of God when we come on, right? Let me tell you why we do it. We do it because the word of God is what is quick. Or is the word of God makes alive. You ever you ever read in, in Corinthians where Paul wrote that uh Jesus is a quickening spirit? <clears throat> Other words, it makes you alive, it's it's active. I remember I read the whole book of Acts one time and those letters was, was moving in the natural. My wife said it happened to her too. I was telling my son about it, uh, Ezekiel the other day, how those words were dancing on the page. If you read that word long enough, it, it I, I don't know if it was God showing me that it was alive literally and spiritually. I just assumed it meant spiritually, and I'm sure it does mean spiritually. But this particular day, the words was dancing literally. My wife said it happened to her, and I heard other people say it happened to them. Well, the word of God, it, it is alive. It's quick. This is the living word. It's powerful. It's sharper than a nuclear bomb. It's sharp. It's sharper. It's it's it's, it's it's sharp, it's more powerful than a nuclear bomb. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It'll get de demons out of you. See, it'll divide that, that spirit, that evil spirit from your soul. And the joints and the marrow is a discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's why we quote the word. See, when me and my wife quote the word, when you quote the word, when you and your spouse or you or whoever you link up with, you don't have to link up with anybody. See, you could quote it by yourself. David was a prime example of a man always quoting the word, always decreeing the word. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I fear? See, I just quoted one of them, Psalm 107, one of them, Psalm 27. See what I'm saying? The angels hearken unto the voice of God's word. David knew all of that. See, you never rise above your confession or profession. But see, you you notice that the scripture we quoted at the beginning, when me and my wife quoted, we said, be careful for nothing, right? And all things by prayer and supplication 
make your request known to God, then the, the peace of God. See, Jesus is talking about entering into a rest. And 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 this this Hebrews when it's talking about if Jesus is talking about Joshua, uh Jesus and Joshua is the same word. In the Old Testament, Joshua is translated Joshua out of the Hebrew and it translated Jesus out of the Greek. But in this particular passage of scripture, Paul is actually talking about Joshua. He's talking about rest from from the works that they was doing under the old covenant. Because now we under the new covenant. And Jesus is telling us that the word of God didn't profit the old covenant people because they didn't mix it with faith. Instead of them mixing it with faith, they mixed it with with grasshoppers. They mixed it with, uh, uh, we're going to die in the wilderness. They mixed it with, uh, uh, we can't, we can't, we can't. And David, he learned this lesson. He had a spirit of revelation on him. He said, I will not be scared of this giant. But if you if you go back and read that story, I think it's in the 18th chapter of 1 Samuel, David said, I'm going to cut the head off this booger. He said, well, I'm going to do, I'm going to cut his head off. Everything he said he was going to do, he said, I'm going to feed your carcass to the fowls of the air. Everything David said, God bagged him up. Now, if David wouldn't have said it, God couldn't bag him up because God is limited to do only what you say. You have to agree with his word. If you if you saying, well, all these preachers got money, I don't want no money. You won't get it. You won't get it. If you say, well, I'm more concerned about getting people saved uh, than getting them healed, well, you won't get them healed. I just want everybody to know that basically you have to just trust God. And sometimes that's a process. But if you read the word of God, knowing that you're reading the word of God, you'll get somewhere. You'll start to grow. Hey, we enjoyed y'all. And I'll talk to you next week. Be blessed.